Welcome to track number 21 of God's Banquet. Leviticus chapter 8, verse 13. Leviticus chapter 8, verse 13. Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood, which was upon the altar, and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments. And upon his sons, and upon his sons' sons with him, and sanctified Aaron, his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. Amen. Aaron wore anointed garments. People who have anointed garments will be sitting there at the banquet. May you have anointed garments. And you cannot have anointed garments unless you are anointed. For the anointing we poured on your garments. Amen. Are you there? Alright. How many types of garments are you going to be wearing for the banquet? So far. Number one. Number two. Number three. A garment of praise. Isaiah 61 verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. Are you there? Are you watching? Shake the nearest sleepy head to you. Did you hear me when I said shake the nearest sleepy head? Is that how to shake? Where were you trained? Awake, old sleeper. Awake, old sleeper. Awake, old sleeper. From your sleep, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake, oh sleeper, from your sleep, and Christ shall give thee light. All right. What is a garment of praise? It's a garment of gratefulness. Only grateful people are going to go to heaven. As we are here singing to you, eh? preaching to you, if you are not grateful, you will lose it all. Yeah. You must learn to be grateful. When you are not grateful, when you are not a grateful person, you lose. You must be a person who says thank you. Amen. Listen. My, my daughter went to a school. I've learned so many things since she went to that school. When she went to that school, the headmistress t- talks to them every day. Can you imagine a school where the headmistress of the school comes to talk to the girls? Every single day. And anybody who wants to speak to the headmistress can write a letter. There's a post box. You write a letter. Anything you write to the headmistress herself. 
There's a post box there to write to the headmistress. Anybody, anything, any day. And she herself comes every morning to talk to the girls. She takes them. And when she finishes talking, then they sing to her. Dear mother, precious to us. I heard you singing it. Dear mother, precious to us. Your F. It was my daughter who sang it. She said, this is what we sing to our headmistress every morning. Dear mother, precious to us. Your efforts are seen by us. And we are just saying thanks. Just saying thanks. We love you. We thank you. We really appreciate it. You think I was born last week, uh, last Friday? I've been born for some time. What a shock! What a megaloblastic shock! But you see, honestly, in my school, when I went to a secondary school, I never saw the headmaster. <laughs> Not even once. Maybe we saw him once on some special occasion. Founders Day or something, you see. Pastor, we went to my school. Were you, were you, was the headmaster coming to speak to you every day? I never saw him only for once a year. <laughs> yeah, maybe once a year. He was a super executive distance from... Whatever. Obviously, we turn out differently. And here is somebody who is talking to girls. How to sit. Put your legs together. You see that when a girl comes from that school, you see they sit in the women. When they are not from that school, you see that the leg will open like this. I, I always know the school girlfriend to buy how they sit. Yeah. I can see from the, how cultured they are. You can see there's a way they lie on their gluteus maximus. Wow. Glory to God. So, I'm telling you, we are going to heaven with garments of praise. Garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, ungratefulness, complaints. Huh? What's your name again? Judy. Judy or Judith? Judy. You have a husband. Judy. Not all the girls have husbands. Some are even more beautiful than you. But they don't have husbands. So you, you've got to be thankful. You need to sing to your husband. Dear husband, precious to me. Your efforts are seen by me. And I am just saying thanks. Just saying thanks. I love you. No, I love you. I love you. I thank you. I really appreciate you. I love you. I'm gonna show you. How I really appreciate you. Hey. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you listening to me? Hold the nearest sleepy head next to you and say, Sleepy head. It is time to wake. It is time to wake. Come on now. Sleeping brother from your sleep. Come on. Oh, yeah. And it is time to wake. Sleeping sister. Sleeping sister from your sleep. Oh, Turn from all wicked ways, turn from all dead works, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake, O oh, sleeper, from your sleep, and Christ shall give And when we first leave, oh, let us walk as wise men, redeeming the time, for these are
Sit down, sit down, sit down. The next one is linen garments. I'm giving you the dress code for the God's banquet. Shiny garments, anointed garments, garment of praise. And the next one is linen garment. Revelation chapter 9. I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. I'm reading to you what is in the Bible. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in linen, fine linen, white and clean. And verse 8, And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the linen is the righteousness of the saints. Amen. Now these fine linen garments are expensive. They speak of the expense that you went through to get the right garments. The price you paid. The price you paid to get the garment. When you are being consecrated as a bishop, you have to pay a price to get the garments that are used to be consecrated. Because it costs money. Do you understand what I'm doing? I'm saying... Do you understand me? I said, do you understand me? Ask your neighbor, do you understand? Do you understand? Tie of faith. You bear with me. You separate yourself. You hammer me and bear away. Now, Garments that we are going to wear going to cost you something to go for the dinner. How many know that people, it's so expensive sometimes that people rent garments. Sometimes we're going for a wedding. You rent a wedding dress. Do you rent it in Kenya? They rent it. Can you buy it as well? You buy from London. Buy from here. Buy from there. We rent garments. We rent garments. Because it's so expensive. Sometimes you have a good mother or friend or sister and they give you a garment you wear. So that you're going for a dinner, you say, do you have something I can wear? And you say, yeah, you can have this. You can have my clothes. Because it costs you something to go to heaven to be at this bank. You're going to pay a price. It cost me something to be in the ministry. It will cost you something. It will cost you. It will, there will be a price. Don't think something's going to be dropped like ripe cherries onto a plate and given to you. Nothing is going to be served to you a uh, 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 room service. It's pay, pay as you go, limited. Tell somebody it's pay as you go, limited. It's pick and pay. Cash and carry. You pay. You take, you pay. You take, you pay. There are some signs they have in office. If you break this thing, consider it sold. Yeah, it's finished. Once you break the thing itself, don't touch it. If you touch it and you break it, it's yours. 
You bought it. So there is a price. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Tell your neighbor, take up your cross. Take up your cross and buy the fine linen. Follow Jesus. Take up your cross. Say that you know Him. Count the cross and take up your cross. Follow Him. Wow. What are you doing for your King? What are you doing for your King? Have you freely given Just to know He's the one who said 
hidden garments. The next one is inherited garments must be worn to the banquet. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 26, the Bible says, Strip Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eliezer, his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded and stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eliezer, his son. And Aaron died there at the top of the mountain. And Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Amen. Inherited garments are the garments that a son inherits from his father. And wears instead of his father. Or wears alongside with his father. The garments that belong to his father. The garment symbolizes the anointing of a father that has come upon the son. And so they are wearing the same clothes. The cloth is like the jersey. The jersey. There are soccer players who love to play a certain number and a certain color and a certain jersey. Because it's like they came from maybe somebody who was playing number 17. And they always want to wear number 17 jersey. Is it not true? Yeah. Because you wear your father's shirt. And your father's garment is a precious garment. Both in the spirit and literally. Amen. When my father died. He gave me some cufflinks. I mean, before he died. It was one of the only things that he ever wore that I had. And it was precious to me because he gave it to me. That was, I mean, it was like one of the only things I ever had that he, that belonged to him that he gave to me. He took it out of his things and gave it to me. If you are in the, a spiritual person, you will know that the garment of the Aaron it was taken from him and was put on his son. That symbolized that the son will be able to carry on the work that his father was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, you must always not be ashamed to wear an inherited garment. It is when you feel so good that you don't want to wear a hand-me-down. Hand me down is hand me down from my sister, my big sister, my big brother. But when you understand what it means, you will love to walk in your father's shoes. One day somebody was telling me, the way you walk is like your father. And I, it was a grown up, so I didn't say anything. But I said it in my head. Who do you want me to walk like? Who else shall I walk like? If somebody tells you, you are preaching like your father, why should you be ashamed of it and say, I want to be an original? The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. 
Rather, what you should be happy about is that they are able to see the similarities. When they are not able to pick out any similarities, you should be depressed. Because, I said because, when you are wearing the garment of your father and you walk by, people will think it's your father. People will think it's your father. People will think it's your father. When Joel Austin inherited his father's church and he came on the scene, he wore his father's literal father's shoes that I think his father gave him and said, and he walked on stage to preach with his father's shoes. He wore his father's shoes to preach. Wow. A person who understands spiritual protocols and principles will know that your father's garment is the best garment to wear. When it comes to ministry, you wear that jersey. When you wear the number 11 and they see you running, they will, they will even see somebody else coming. And they say, wow. A higher grace is coming. Don't be ashamed. Don't be big. Don't be too big to say that you are an original. There is nothing original in this world. It's not new. Only you have forgotten about it. But it has been there. That is the way ministry is. That is the way God passes down. In the Old Testament, you can never be a priest unless your father is a priest. It was only Levites sons of Levites and sons of priests who could become priests. So when you cannot point to somebody and say, this is my father, then you have a serious problem in the realm of the spirit. Don't be ashamed to say where you come from. One day, Somebody will mention your name also. Amen. There are people who are so ashamed to say they don't want they, they want to be like Elijah, who we know nobody knows where he came from. Elijah the Tishbite, and then it, the story begins. There is no house, nothing. That's Elijah the Tishbite. One day, I don't know what it was, but I've heard him say a number of times. Bishop Duncan Williams, something happened. We, my other, went for some celebration or something. I don't know what it was, somewhere, either in the house or somewhere. But when we were going, he turned and he spoke a peculiar blessing. He said, May you also be celebrated. May people honor you. And may people celebrate you. As you have come to celebrate me, may, may people celebrate. May your children rise up and on, honor you too. What you don't realize is that when you are doing something to somebody, uh, it will be done to you. <laughs> yeah. And recently I met someone who celebrated me. And before I realized, I turned to him and I told him, may you be celebrated one day. I was surprised at myself. I was saying exactly the same words. May somebody also celebrate you and honor you and remember you. Amen. So, 
Don't become someone who has no honor. There are some men of God, nobody ever honors them because they never honored anybody. It's true. They, you will not see people who will come to celebrate them or honor them or anything. Nobody, because they've never honored anyone before. So watch out, my friend. If you will never honor somebody on his special occasion, your special occasions will be some of the saddest ever known on this earth. I tell you, your special days will be some of the saddest and loneliest days. Because you do not celebrate anybody in your life. You are a one-man thousand achieved by myself, self-learning, learning the night, studier of revelations. Shabaya. Are you listening to me? How many are excited? You know, when I had that vision I was telling you about earlier, about how this guy came down and put a garment and gave me the bottle, I was very happy. For me, the anointing has always symbolized, huh? the anointing has always been symbolized by a garment. One day, I was somewhere and I was up with three people in America. And suddenly I felt the anointing came upon me and the Holy Ghost said to me, take your jacket off. And put it on this person. We were in a room. And I put it on the person. But you see, like with many things, people, people think we are joking. And I believe the person became anointed. Recently, we were going through, you see, one of the anointings on, on, on my life is that I have children in the ministry. I have sons, not employees, sons, daughters, whatever. When that anointing is on you, you also have children. Because not everybody is anointed to have children. Yeah. I have sons, I have daughters. I mean, if I send somebody a text and I say, buy me a Mercedes Benz today. Yeah? It's, not, it's not asking, are you serious? I have sons who do everything for me. If only I would even ask. Everything. So when that anointing is on you, you also have such people. You see, and they will watch you. When, when, when you speak about me in your room, they will learn from me how to speak about you. They say, in their room. <laughs> they will learn it. When you talk, when you are angry. They will learn how to speak when they are angry in their room. And yours will be times 100. Because harvesting is more. Have you decided to go home? Are you here? Listen carefully. I'm preaching to you about inherited garments. Inherited garments. If you are catching anointing, catch it well. Yeah. Yeah. I have sons in the ministry. Paul said, my son Timothy. My own son Timothy. My own son. I have sons. I have daughters. They are like people born in my house. In fact, sometimes 
I see my biological children, those that are, are very close to me as uh, spiritual children, they are like biological children. I can go to their houses, I can go to their bedrooms, I can show them anything. They are just like my little children not born in my house. It's almost, sometimes I, I mix them up. It's amazing. Now, when you start to go through the ministers and you realize that this guy has no son. He has no even relationship. And you ask yourself if that garment is on you. You realize that you cannot teach the word of God. You can only prophesy. I see a motia. You know motia. A dwarf. A dwarf. Shaita baita. I see a dwarf. Every day you are seeing drafts. Hey. What are you doing? Shaita baita. How many fingers? How many fingers? How many fingers? Five. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Have you, police, have you learned how to do eye test? Yes. How many fingers? One. How many fingers? Five. How many fingers? Two. Go and see if anybody needs eye test. Uh, five fingers, you said three fingers. He said five. Okay, okay, okay. Leave him, leave him. Check. Check their eyes. How many fingers? Give her a microphone. What? Two. Three. Four. You said that. Five. Okay, once the person can count fingers, he's awake. Shaita baita. What is the first type of garment you are carrying with you to heaven? Shining garment. Which, which signifies what? Souls that you've won. It's a soul winner's garment. So, it's one of the things you can wear. Number two. Anointed garments. Amen. Number three. Garment of praise. What does that mean? Thankfulness, gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation type of people are going to go to heaven. But memories, grumblers, where are they? They perish in the Red Sea. They never got to the promised land because they were memory. The Bible says, remember, these could not make it there. 
Because they murmured. Murmur not as they murmured. Complain not as they complained. Grumble not as they grumbled. Because they could not enter the promised land because of the murmuring and the complaining. Are you listening to me? What is the next type of garment? Linen garment. What does it mean? Expensive, costly garments. What is the next one? Inherited garments. You can wear. When you get to God's banquet, when you get to the banquet, and then they start asking you, What? What are you wearing? You say, oh, it's my father's garment. <laughs> it's my father's garment. I mean, it's a heritage garment. Wow. wow. See that part when the guy came and then he was asking, I mean, uh, uh, where, who are you? Where did you come from? So the master came to see those invited. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give a lot of slow motion. There was a certain man Without the right garment, oh, ah. what are you doing here? How did you get here? Oh, oh. you cannot come in here with those that he garments. Oh, 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 God has called us to his back where. Oh, yes, and you can't go without salvation. Take this man outside, he said to his servant. They bound him hand and foot into outer darkness. Oh, weeping, gnashing teeth instead of a banquet. Why, oh, why? You could have had it all at the wonderful banquet. Oh, 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 God has called us to his banquet. Ooh, yes, and you can't go without salvation. So, my brothers and sisters, this is a message. A wonderful message. Don't make light of it. It's a great invitation. Oh, God has called us to his banquet. You can't go without salvation. Can I hear you sing that part again? God, everybody. God has called us to his banquet. Salvation, salvation, yeah. God has called us to his banquet, and you can't go without salvation. God has prepared a wonderful banquet. Oh, yeah. Everyone on earth has got to be there. Are you giving a lot of slow motion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All you need is a garment to go. Salvation that Jesus gives, Jesus gives. God has called us to His banquet. You can't go without salvation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God has us to His banquet. Okay, bump. You you don't know how to dance, bump. This very day, you must go for your garments. Oh, oh, uh, uh, don't be holier than this thou. Very day, Give your neighbor a bump. All you need to do is put up the garment of sin. Receive Jesus Christ to be your Lord. Out of fashion, God has prepared. Then get to the job. Banquet. It's time to dance. Every one of you will dance and rejoice. All you need to do is work for the Lord. Ooh, oh, working every day as hard as you can. And you can't go without salvation. Yeah. I cannot wait to go for the banquet. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Dining with the king, the king of kings. Woo! Can you wait? Will you sit by me at the wonderful banquet? Ooh, obey the call of God and serve the Lord. Oh, God has called us to his banquet. You can't go without salvation. This very day, you must reach out to sinners. Are you going to reach then out? You must. Night is coming soon. No one can work. Oh, what are you waiting for? Rise up and do it. Do it, brother. Your only chance is now to serve the Lord. Sing it! Us to his banquet. Ooh, yeah. You 
of war. When you come in dressed as a soldier, you'll be accepted to this garment, to this wedding. Yeah. When you come in and you realize that you are from war, fighting entities, battling, smashing, high spirits, wicked spirits that are lifted up against the will of the Lord. Are you listening to me? Amen. When they realize that you are wearing a colonel's uniform, you are wearing a sergeant's uniform, when they see your boots, you will be welcomed at this banquet. You can come in here with shining garments. You can come in here with anointed garments. You can come in here with garments of praise. Thankfulness. You can come in here with inherited garments. And you can come in here with garments of war. Isaiah chapter 9. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. And garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Amen. Garments of a person who has fought will be garments with scars. But a scar is a healed wound, not an open wound. An open wound will kill you. But a heel wound is evidence that you overcame your head. I'll say it again. A, a, an open wound is evidence that you are hurt. And when it stays open for long enough, it will kill you. Every offense you experience and every offense you actually encounter, you must realize 
that is actually a wound to your spiritual life. Now, once it does not get healed, doesn't go away, it's not a scar. Because a scar is a healed wound. Now, if you read Rejoiner's book on the torch and the sword, one of the chapters at the end, there was a great battle going on. And two gentlemen came walking through the warriors and all the enemies just ran away from them. They were very experienced but very scarred. You see, an experienced person is wounded many times. I've been given blows enough to knock out an average person many times. So when you see young people coming forth into life and you realize that they do not know limited what is waiting for them, problem, trouble, scar, pain. But you see, it is going through and surviving. What have you been through? What have you survived? One day, I went to the hospital with my wife. She was pregnant. She had been impregnated. And she was going to have a baby. Wow. Now, as we sat at the doctor's place, I was just waiting for him to finish whatever he was saying. I looked under the table, and there I saw the doctor's feet. Because instead of wearing shoes, he was wearing a slipper like Pastor Obi, but this one is even a bit covered. Doctor, well, not exactly like that, but I think more like what he's wearing. Come and let me show Show them your beauty. You always wear good shoes, you know, because you never know when it will be used as an example. <laughs> now, take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. They show the people you should. This, the, the doctor was wearing something like this, but you could, see the, you could see the toes. I mean, this is an old shoe, brother. Okay? Now, as I looked at, the, at, the, at his feet, I noticed that one of the toes was not there. Wow! So when he finished, I asked him, Prof, where is your toe? Because I saw it below the chair, the table. And I can't even believe that. I must have asked him because I've preached about it hundreds of times. I've said it over and over again. I know the story myself. I have to tell you because there are some people who don't know this story. It's important. So I said, Professor, where is your toe? He said, my toe is in Saudi Arabia. I said, What? What a shock! I said, how did your toe get to Saudi Arabia? And he said, I worked in Saudi Arabia as a gynecologist. And when I was working there, one day I hit my leg on the table. I was in my room in my house. And I hit my leg on the table. And he said that my toe began to swell and it became a wound. But he said, I, I am suffering from diabetes as well. Today this professor is dead. But he told me when he was alive then, he said, I was suffering from diabetes. And when you have diabetes, you have so much sugar in your blood that it feeds the wounds. And the wounds don't get healed because they have so much sugar. It's so sweet that the bacteria, they love the sugar. They enjoy, they grow, they develop. Ooh, they come there all the time. You've got so much sugar in the blood. And so the wound wouldn't get healed. And he said, the toe got bigger, bigger. Bigger, bigger. Then they took him to the hospital. Then he, they wanted to cut off his whole leg. 
So they decided, let us try to cut off the toe and see whether maybe it was. So they took him into the surgery. They cut off the toe. They came back, put in a plaster and all that. And by the grace of God, the toe got healed. But he had sacrificed one toe. So that toe was left in Saudi Arabia and he came back to Ghana. That is how he did not have one toe. Now, some of you are like the toe. When you are hurt, it doesn't go away. And when it doesn't go away, what is going to happen one day? They will come and cut it off because it never gets healed. Do you know how many people have hurt me? How many people have been ungrateful to me? How many things I've done for so many people? They just do whatever they want and later come and say sorry. When they realize that they have broken certain spiritual principles. And you also just have to say, oh, it's okay, I've forgiven you. I forgive Now I have a reason for it. You forgive. But I've determined 30 minutes. The best I'll do is to just forget about you. Yeah. And move on and find new people. Nice people. To replace you 100 times over. Yeah. But some of us, we will never let things be healed. Never forget. You are the most difficult person to marry. It's difficult to stay with you. It's difficult. But you don't forgive. Sisters. Hey. Huh? Why? Why are you like that? Huh? Forgive. We are sorry. You don't trust anybody. Many ladies walk alone. No friends. You don't trust anybody. They are like leopards in the forest. I walk alone. Ghosts. Home alone. By the way, brothers, when you are looking for somebody to marry, don't marry some a lady who has no friend that you will be her only friend. Hey. Can you imagine the job you are going to do? The only person, she doesn't talk to anybody in the church, doesn't befriend anybody in the church, you are the only person she knows. Hey, very difficult. Yeah, that there are a lot of sisters that as soon as they marry them, it's like they start to make demands. No, you have to come, you have to come. Because they also don't relate with anybody. They also don't relate with anybody in the system. So you, it's like you are the main system, uh, systems administrator. You must come home to administer the systems. Hey! Meanwhile, you are a pastor. You have to talk to the people. You have to love the people. You have to visit the people. You have to care for the people. And now you have become a systems administrator. Hey! Doesn't talk with anyone. Doesn't befriend anyone. Only the husband. Everybody else, you are quiet. Ow! What a job. What a job. I heard my wife advising some people once. She said, when you are a woman, you must keep your women friends. If you are a woman, you need women, women friends. 
Because we men, we don't understand some things. Are we not sorry? We're not sorry. Go to women with direction and relate with women. <laughs> yeah. The only person you talk to is like you are quiet. You are in love and you are in love with your husband. Your husband is all your everything. It's your husband. Ah! One day, I was watching television. And I saw the wife of a great man of God. She was being interviewed. And she said something I've never forgotten. She said that my husband is the best husband that you can have. I don't know anything else he can do as a husband. She said that the problem that I have is left up to me to control myself. And make myself happy. Because the happiness that I need, he has done what can be done. And you see, when your husband does what he can do, it will reach about 40% of happiness. Yeah. She said, look, the rest is really up. It's, my, it's me who I have to become content within myself. It cannot come from this human being. And she has a pastor's wife, a huge ministry. The rest of the happiness, it will never come. One man cannot provide you with the happiness that you need. Even a Christian man. You cannot come into marriage planning that this man is my, my security. Wow. No matter the song that he sings for you. No matter how much he tells you he's taking your hand to heaven. You should follow his love. It's beautiful. It's beautiful love. And he's going to take you to heaven, isn't it? Such love. Tell us, baby. Yeah. Nobody gets. You are telling a sister that nobody gets such love. It's much harder to come by. I'm waiting in line. You have queued. You have queued up in the house waiting for the love. Much love anymore. It's as high as the Annoyed. 
Come now, come now to the house. I want you, I need you now. I'll divorce you right now, you see. When are you coming? Sing it. Garments of war. You are going to use it to do number one. To gain public opinion through great victories and occupation of the enemy's capital city. <laughs> You see, when you are coming to attend the banquet, you must have fought wars. And one of the things, some of the things you are going to do is to gain public opinion. Won through great victories and the occupation of your enemy's capital city. How many are ready to gain public opinion for Jesus? How many are ready to win great victories for Jesus? How many are ready to occupy the enemy's capital and main territories? Wow. That's why we want to occupy cities, nations, the devil's capital cities, Amsterdam. California, demonic San Francisco, India, China, Russia, the Mogadishu, Johannesburg, Juba, Sudan. To gain public opinion, the public will be won to Christ through great victories. By occupying the enemy's capital cities. Wow. If you want a garment of war, 
this is what you must do. When you can do this, you will be wearing, you don't need anything but the garments rolled in blood. And you enter heaven with the garment that you used to fight and occupy the enemy's capital city. That is why when President George Bush was fighting with Iraq, they bombed and bombed and bombed, and their aim was to gain public opinion through great victories and to occupy the enemy's capital cities or his capital. Are you understanding what it means to go to war? We are gaining public opinion for Jesus. That is why we occupied Pretoria. That's why we have, we have occupied Port Elizabeth. That's why we have occupied Cape Town. That's why we are looking to occupy Bloemfontein, the judicial capital of South Africa, the judicial, the center of the country. That is why we are looking to occupy so many cities. That is what will qualify us. I'm explaining to you what it means to carry and wear a garment of war. To, 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 to wage war. What it means to wage war. It means to gain public opinion through great victories that have been won by occupying the enemy's capital cities. Where he thought we couldn't come to. He thought we couldn't come there. We've come there. Satan thought we couldn't come to Kenya. He, he thought we couldn't come to Z- Zambia is going to see something we are going to gain public opinion in Zambia through great victories that we won and occupy the enemy's capital city that is why Hitler he waged war by gaining public opinion. First of all, occupying the, the area called the Zudetin land, which is a land that was taken away from them from the, during the Versailles Treaty of the First World War between 1940 and 1918. And when he took that land, nobody said anything. And then he took more. Then he invaded Austria. And he said that Austrians speak German and they are Germans. That's why to know. So he entered Vienna. And each of these moves were popular. And he gained public opinion as he occupied. Because that Versailles Treaty was unpopular. The Germans didn't like it after the First World War. They felt they had not lost the war. And they had just gone to sign a bogus peace treaty. So they were not, and Hitler was a corporal in the army. He was not happy with that peace treaty. So by taking away the land first, that they signed the treaty that they would demilitarize and this place is for whatever, they took it, they gained public opinion, two great victories. Then they occupied Vienna. Then they started amassing their troops at the border of Poland. And then on the 1st of September 1939, he gained more public opinion 
by entering Poland, uh, Poland and invaded Warsaw. He killed 25 million Polish people by the time he finished. And gained public opinion through great victories. By June, he invaded uh, uh, France and entered Paris with his troops. They formed the longest convoy that has ever been formed from Germany to France of troops. They never expected him to come through the mountains. He came through the mountains and he entered Paris. When they got to Paris, they signed immediately, they surrendered so that he would not bomb the city. That is how come the Eiffel Tower and all those uh, buildings are still there because they, 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 they surrendered to uh, prevent a bombing of the city. And so by the time he gained in 1940, he was now gaining through great victories, much popularity. He became like a god. And then it occurred to him to also invade. He took over all this Holland and they were just, I mean, nothing. And then he said he was going to invade Russia and take Moscow. Yeah, this is the same thing that Napoleon did. Because to wage war, listen to me, I'm explaining what it means to wage war. I'm explaining what it means to wage war. It means... <laughs> Are you listening to me? It means... It means... To... Enter... Your enemy's capital city. It means to occupy. Through great victories. To gain public opinion. Through great victories. Where they think you cannot come. And that is what Napoleon did. And that is what all great leaders of campaigns and wars did. They will gain public opinion. That is why America lost the war. Because they couldn't gain public opinion in Vietnam. And they could not occupy... Uh, uh, zip, uh, what is the name of the town? Phnom Penh or whatever. That is why both North Korea and South Korea are poised. One time I was in South Korea... And the general, an American general said that there are more guns directed at Seoul, Korea than I can imagine. All the guns in North Korea are pointing to Seoul city, the capital of South Korea. And South Korea is also pointing at Pyongyang. And they are all pointing at each other, ready to invade each other since they had the ceasefire in 19-whatever. Because the war will always involve gaining public opinion through great victories and occupying the enemy's capital or capital cities where he never thought you could be. Wow. When I was born and when I started a church, Satan never expected me to come to Nigeria. To, to, but I, we, we are gaining public opinion in Nigeria. We are gaining public opinion in Nigeria. He thought, he thought we could not be there. He thinks we cannot. There are so many towns he thinks we cannot be. Yeah. There are so many places he thinks we cannot be. He was surprised when, when we were in Johannesburg. He, was, he thinks that we cannot occupy Johannesburg. He has, he has tried to prevent us from attacking. We are going to occupy. We are gain, gaining public opinion. Great victories. In Eastern Europe, we will be there occupying. Are you ready to occupy cities? Are you ready to gain public opinion? 
by occupying your enemy's capital. Hey, I have more principles of what to share with you. I tell you that if we do that, we will begin another camp. Hey, it's fantastic. I love. All right, another camp. Next one. Blood-sprinkled garments must be worn to the banquet. Blood-sprinkled garments. Exodus 29:21. And thou shalt take of the blood that is Upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Blood must be sprinkled. No one is good enough. Even the sisters who think they are holier than thou. We have left you, cry. Amen. We are getting to the end. Garments of salvation. Wow. Amen. And finally, garments of vengeance. And zeal for the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 59, verse 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness it sustained him. Are you with me? Isaiah 59, verse 16 and 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Wow. The garments of vengeance of the Lord. Tomorrow we are going to look at what are we going to eat. This is what are we going to wear. And tomorrow, what are we going to eat? So that you can be practicing 
with some of the meals that you are going. Some of you, you don't know how to eat steak. You don't know how to eat Alfredo. You don't know how to use knife and fork. Only using your fingers. When you are using knife and fork, it's as if you are doing a samurai. You are using a samurai sword. As if you are a gladiator. Are you a gladiator or a pastor? Amen? Wow. Now, the garments of zeal. You see, people who are not zealous cannot easily go for this banquet. When you arrive and they look at you, what are you wearing? You can't come in here with this kind of garment. Amen? Are you listening to me? You can't come in here with this kind of garment. You must have the garment of the vengeance of the Lord. And the garment of the zeal of the Lord. Passion. So when you come to the door, they are going to see what are you wearing. You cannot wear nighties to this meeting. Can you imagine if we came here, my sister stand up, the camp uh, angel, Miss Camp, and you are wearing a nighty. See through nighty without panties and bra. You cannot come in here. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here with those garments. Come on, sing it! What are you doing here? How did you get here? Oh, you cannot come in here with those that he Brothers without zeal. What are you doing here? What are you doing here at such a camp? What are you doing here? You cannot come in here with such a garment. Will you be accepting this camp queen without wearing a nighty, without panties? What are you doing here? It's like it's like a pastor without zeal. A pastor without zeal. No pants. No, no pants. Ah. Oh, no fine. Shepherd without zeal. You only read the book for exams. Huh? And still you don't pass. When we ask you what verse is verily, verily I say unto you. You say it is Romans. What are you doing here? How did you get here? 
You cannot come in here with those that he got man. Everybody joining, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? How did you get here? You can't come in. You can't come in here with those that he got man. Oh. What happened next? Take this man outside. Hey! Call for Take her outside. Take her outside. They bound him hand and foot into outer darkness. Outer darkness. Weeping, gnashing teeth instead of a banquet. Oh! Oh, why? You could have had it all. At the wonderful banquet. Come on, everybody. Sing it now. God has gone. Has to his banquet. You can't go without salvation. Salvation, yeah. God has gone. Has to his banquet. And you can't go. Without salvation. So my brothers and sisters, this is a message, a wonderful message. Don't make light of it. It's a great invitation. Oh, oh, oh. God has gone to his banquet. You Okay. What is the first kind of garment? Ah, we are going to sing the song. Anybody you notice without the appropriate garment is going to be brought out here. Number one is what? Let's go. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Without shiny garments. You cannot come in here. No shiny garment. shiny garment. What's the next one? Next one. What are you doing here? How anointed. Did you get here? Uh, anointed garment. You cannot come in here with an anointed garment. No anointed garment. What's the third one? What are you doing here? Garment of How praise. Did you get here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here without your garment of praise. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What is the next kind of garment? What are you doing here? Linen expensive. You cannot come in here without linen garments. Come on. What are you doing? What's the next type of garment? How did you get inherited garment? Inherited. You cannot come in here without inherited garments. What's the next one? What garment are you doing here? Of How war. Get here? So boy. 
You can't come in here without the garment of God. What's the next one? Blood sprinkle oh. garment. Blood sprinkle. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here without your blood sprinkled garment. What's the next time? Garment of salvation. Salvation. How did you get here? You cannot come in here without your garment of salvation. What is the next time? Garment of vengeance and zeal for the Lord. Zeal. How did you get here? Without the garment of zeal for the Lord. Who we'll give the Lord a shout? God has come unto his banquet. that we don't want to see at all. Number one is what? Prison garment. Locate any prisoner looking like person here. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Prison garment. Look at the stripes. It's a prisoner. You cannot come in here with those prison garments. What are you doing here? How did you get here? What is the next step? You can't come Filthy garments. Filthy garments. He's fighting with you too. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You can't come in here with those filthy garments. What is the next type of garment? Moth eating garment. Look for somebody who is rich, too rich. How did you get here? You cannot come in here with moth eating garments. What is the next time? Spotted garments. Spotted! Hey! Let's look for a spotted. How did you get here? How did you get here? Oh, it's that spot. You cannot come in here your spotted Look at your spotted. Let How did you get here? Look at the spotted garment. How did you get here? How did you get here? What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here. Spotted garment. Everybody put your hand and say, Mercy, 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 mercy. How did you get here? <laughs> mercy. You kind of come in here with your sported garment. Oh, 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 God has gone unto his banquet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can't go without salvation. Alright. 
Lift your hand, everybody. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word today. We are grateful as you have spoken to us today. You've shown us that indeed you've invited us to a banquet. We thank you. We thank you for showing us how to come, how to dress, how to be ready, how to be anointed, blood sprinkled, shining, soul-winning garments, sprinkled with blood, inherited garments, garments of war. Garments with which we fought many battles and occupied the cities, the capital cities of our enemy. Satan's cities. Satan's strongholds. Thank you. For the victorious garment of zeal and vengeance for the Lord. That we may avenge the name of the Lord and lift up the name of Christ high in East Africa. And to the ends of the world. Bless your people and anoint them heavily. With oil, with fresh unction, ointment, with the balm of Gilead. Anoint their forehead with ointment. Let their head lack no oil and no ointment. Let them receive a new grace, a new touch of the heart, touch of the mind, touch of the soul, touch of the spirit. To serve you, Lord. To follow you, to obey you. Thank you, Jesus. What a blessing we have received in this camp. What a time we have received in your presence. Where we have heard of the true great banquet. Prepared by Jesus. Prepared by you, O oh God. For us. We thank you for the great invitation. The great invitation. The greatest invitation. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him should not perish. But have everlasting and eternal life. Thank you. Give us the grace that this vivid illustration and message that has come to us in these three, four days will never go away from our hearts. That we will always know that, oh God, you called us to a great banquet. Although the invitation card may look a bit frightening, it is ultimately to a banquet, a great feast. Thank you for the princes of that day who shall wear the crown. Thank you for the servants of the Lord who shall be at the great feast. Thank you for the women who shall also be there in their numbers, honored by the Lord. Thank you for those that shall win many souls and shall also be there to be honored by you. Father, we lift our hands. We say thank you with the garment of gratitude and praise. For calling us out from among so many people. Selecting us and choosing us and sending us to the nations of the world. We are grateful. We are thankful. But we would have not been here if you have not been very kind to us. And shown us a great mercy. We are thankful. And to you who is able to keep us from the fall. From the fall. From the fall into the hands of the enemy. From the fall into the hands of our enemies. And those that wish us evil. And predict our downfall. And say an evil thing has befallen them. And to you. We commend ourselves. We commend the children. We commend the pastors. We commend the beginners. We commend them that are halfway through their journeys. And we commend them that are at the tail end of their journeys and their fights on the course that has been mapped out by you. And to you who is able to present us blameless 
spotless, faultless, before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. And to you we commend and commit ourselves. We thank you for East Africa. For we stand here not just for Kenya, but for the whole of this Eastern African corner of the world. Forgotten by many, but remembered by you. Remembered because of the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. That blood was sprinkled through the whole world for eternity. For the ages to come. Jesus, have mercy on us. Use us. If you can use anything, use us. Send us. Help us. Lord, we are, we are weak. We are weak. But we ask you for your help. And we know you have helped us. We thank you. And Lord, as we go out of this camp, we know we are not going the same, but we are going in a special way, equipped for a war. To gain public opinion for Jesus. Through many, many great victories. And through occupying our enemy's capital, cities. Thank you. (laughs) What a blessing. Blessing of occupying our enemy's cities. Time and time again. We thank you for your mercies. Forgivenesses and love given and ministered to us in this time. May it never go out of our hearts as long as we live. And Lord, we pray that one day we will stand at that banquet (laughs) together. Some of us wearing shiny garments. Others wearing blood-sprinkled garments. Others wearing anointed garments. Others in their inherited clothes. Others, O oh God, in the garments of war and garments of vengeance of the Lord. We thank you. Save us from the spots. The spots of our flesh. That characterize our lives and our ministry. That we may be saved from our own bodies. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now, we are going to receive an offering. I think I remember that I asked you to bring a special offering. How many brought it? All right. Take out your envelope offering, and we are all going to put it in the front here. No usher is going to come to where you are. If you need an envelope, you can lift your hand. It's a special envelope offering. I want you to give to contribute substantially to the work of the Lord. We have been here. No lion has beaten us. Lions are just here, but they couldn't come. The Lord has secured us by land, by sea, and by air. Take it out and let me pray over it before. I, this must be your best offering at the camp. The camp is not yet over. Tomorrow is the last day. It's just going to be only in the morning, early in the morning. We are going to have a session. And then we will close. And then we will be on our way. Actually, it's already morning. 
You know, we took a long break in the afternoon. So whatever you sow, you must reap. In Tina, we are here at such a time as this. Lift up your offering. Father, we are grateful and we are thankful as we present this offering. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, are these the three offering baskets that we have? How many baskets are there do we have? Okay. Put one basket. Put your offering here this side. Put your offering in the front. Anybody in the front, you can put your offering there. Now, just the front rows. You are near the front. Just put your offering. The first four rows only. If you are in the first four rows, it's time for you to be seated. 